Hey guys, so in this episode, I first have a discussion with my friend Gary Temple Bodley, who channels the teachings of Joshua, and then I have a discussion with Joshua. So if this all sounds too weird for you, I just hope you will suspend disbelief and stick around, check it out. And so Gary and I are not really into woo-woo things, I don't think. We are just highly interested in what I call radical self-empowerment, which basically means you know living the life you want, your dream life. I believe that really understanding and living the teachings of Joshua and Abraham Hicks and using faster EFT tapping as a tool to sort of make it all work, you have everything you need for this radical self-empowerment I'm talking about. So coming up, you're going to learn how Gary got started and what the experience of channeling is like for him. You'll learn how to get more info from sources like the four books that he has, two podcasts, Facebook groups, and even a documentary. And then from my discussion with Joshua, you're going to learn what to do if you want to attract more money or a relationship or to lose weight, and also what to do if you're worried about the current conditions in the United States, such as Trump, school shootings, racial issues, women empowerment issues, and much more. All right, enjoy. What's the biggest obstacle to getting what we want? Limiting beliefs and expectations created by our past experiences. These limits create a subconscious attraction of what we don't want and block what we do want. But we can turn it all around with a powerful tapping tool called Faster EFT and leading edge law of attraction principles. In this podcast, life coach Mark Shahada explores both of these subjects with guests, as well as performs tapping demonstrations and sessions. Listen in and see for yourself how it all works. Welcome to the Tap It Out Podcast. Hey everyone, welcome to the Tap It Out Podcast. This is Mark Shahada. And today I have a special guest, Gary Temple Bodley. Gary channels the teachings of Joshua. And if you're not familiar with that, you might be familiar with Abraham Hicks about the law of attraction. But I think Gary and the teachings of Joshua are the next best thing from Abraham Hicks. So we're going to get right into it. Hey, Gary, how you doing? Hey, Mark. <laughs> Great to be here. Mark, Mark and I are really, really good friends. Really? It's good. funny that we're being so formal like uh-huh. this. I know. And obviously, Mark is on my podcast, and uh, so... We're, we're doing something a little bit different, but it's going to be fun. So we're going to work it out as we go. That's right. Yeah, because, I mean, this is probably the third interview I've ever done. In yeah, my, well, yeah, well, it's getting off to a great start. Oh. But you know what? what's interesting yeah. is everyone thinks it's supposed to be perfect yeah. immediately when they try something new, yeah. you know? Yeah. And what, what you really want to do is get into that learning curve, you know, and just say, I'm going to do it. I'm going to get better. I'm going to do it. I'm going to get better. I'm going to yeah. do it. It's going to get easier. It's going to be like second nature. And, you know, that's how everything is. When you start anything new, it's just you feel a little clumsy at first. Yeah. And, and then you want to give up and you want to quit and you want to say, how come, you know, you want to beat yourself up and say, how come I can't do it right? You know, yeah. but you got to, you got to get into what we'll say is a vibrational alignment with the whole thing. And this is part of it. I like that. Yeah. Okay. So, All right. Uh, okay, here's the part where you're going to ask me Yeah. what the hell channeling what the, is. What the hell? Okay, can I do it, though? Can I ask? Absolutely. All right. So, Gary, what in God's earth is channeling? What is channeling? How did you get into it? Okay. So... <clears throat> I 
am a pretty normal guy. I had a super normal upbringing and I was in business, went to college, you know, bought cars, got married, had a life and didn't even know what channeling was. And then we listened to the secret, my wife and I. Now, at this point in our life, we had made a ton of money and then lost everything in the crash of 2007. So we were looking at, to find a way to get back where we were, right? Yeah. And so we're trying everything and, of course, listening to motivational stuff and all that. And then our friend Deborah Joe, who you know, gave us a copy of The Secret. And yeah. so we didn't have a CD player in our house, so we drove around in the car listening to it. And uh, we must have listened to the thing 20 times, right? And we go, this is the thing. This is great. So somehow from there, which is a, a funny, interesting story, but Lily goes through the house and finds a copy of Ask and Is Given by Esther Hicks, right? Right. And so Esther is channeling a group of non-physical entities n called Abraham. Right. And, you know, if you're aware of Esther and Abraham, it's this huge, big thing. There's millions of people following Esther and there's videos on YouTube and there's seminars every week all over the country and there's cruises and all this thing. And she's been doing it for 20 years. Right. And so at first you sort of think, well, what's channeling? Channeling is simply tapping into a stream of consciousness and allowing that stream of consciousness to talk through you and everyone can channel. Hmm. So it's, so it's not, for me, it wasn't something I learned. It's something that happened to me. And like, I think with most channelers, it's something that happened to me, happened to them. Mm -hmm. Esther, um, started meditating and then realized in meditation that her nose was typing out the alphabet, mm -hmm. right? And then came to, you know, go along and, and finally Abraham spoke through her. And, and a lot of it at first was writing. And then they were almost in a car accident. Esther and Jerry, and then Abraham came through Esther speaking. Well, similar thing happened to me. I started meditating after um, realizing that Jerry Hicks was, I mean, that Jerry Seinfeld was meditating and all these other people were meditating, so I started meditating too. And pretty soon, I started feeling a presence in my face, mm. inside the skin on the side of my skull, the sensation as if there was a hand there. And so... You know, I was familiar with what Esther was doing, and so I thought, well, maybe this is some kind of non-physical entity just trying to communicate with me. Just, and I didn't really believe it. I just thought, you know, whatever. And so I started asking you questions, just like you would ask Abraham questions. And the answers came back very similar, but a little bit more specific than Abraham's answers. And so I just kept playing with it and didn't even tell anyone about it. And then one day I said, well, what's your name? And they said, Joshua. And so from then on, it was, you know, and this happened about five years ago, summer of 2013. Yeah. And in November 15th, 2013, one morning during meditation, I'm talking to Joshua, and they say, get up and write, write, write. So I got out of the meditation, went to my computer, started typing, and I wrote three pages in about half an hour, super quick. You know, I typed with three fingers, and... When it was done, the first three pages of a perception of reality was written. Wow. So it was, it was absolutely like a book was being transcribed to me. Yeah. And then the next day, I typed for an hour. The next day, I typed for an hour. In eight, eight weeks, a 300-page book was completed. 
The only thing I did was correct the typos. I had proofreaders look for typos, but that was it. And that book has been on Amazon now for about four years, four and a half years. Yeah. And then the, the day that stopped, the next book started. So that was Health, Wealth, and Love. Same thing. Uh, eight weeks later, another book. And then a year later, another book. And then last year, uh, a year after that, the Joshua Diet. And then last year was uh, An Authentic Life. So five books just typed out effortlessly as if they were already completed. They're all brilliant books. And that was what channeling is. Channeling is bringing this information that that is out there in the non-physical through to the physical. And I used to think it was super weird, and I didn't tell anyone about it in the beginning. And But, you know, I put up a website, and we had friends that were interested, you know, they were into Abraham, and so those friends started asking questions, and then just word spread. But it wasn't until, like, last year I even told my brother, you know. Yeah. And so um, I've come to be cool with it now. And to realize my place in this whole thing. There's a lot of other channels out there. And what those of us following Joshua are are saying that the really the Abraham Hicks, you know, first there was Seth, then Abraham Hicks. And Abraham is quite general and very accessible to a lot of people. And a lot of people are looking, you know, how to manifest what they want. And Joshua is the next step of that law of attraction information where it's way more specific and being way more specific. It is appealing to a smaller group of people who have, who have probably, you know, some have, some have really been into Abraham. Uh, I think you've been into Abraham and, but then other people like Kyla and even Tracy and have never, and Wendy came straight to Joshua, which is really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Wendy, yeah, Wendy, I think she, she knew Abraham, but she preferred Joshua's message. She preferred the specifics of it, like yeah. the processes on how to do this stuff, how to right. do some of the things that, that, uh, is talked about with the law of attraction. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, um, you know, I think that when I was really interested in Abraham, I couldn't imagine you know, finding another teacher, right? And then Joshua comes along, and I'm like, uh, you know, this is just like more stuff, you know, more, it, it totally agrees. I mean, they, they don't disagree on anything, yeah. but there's extra stuff in there and extra perspectives in there. Yeah. Right. And with that said, I mean, a lot of the information is just very similar. So yeah. a lot of it's very general as well. Very well, there's n- nothing contradictory, not only to Abraham, but to any channel that, that is an authentic channel. Yeah. There's, um, I just, uh, Jules Johnson just wrote me an email and introduced me to a, another uh, gentleman, David. Um, it's the stream of David. And we've been listening to his podcast. He just started in 2017. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we're driving around in North Carolina here and hearing David on his podcast. Yeah. And it is really good stuff, but it's all complimentary it all goes together mm. but but then that's what i think is really you know um key to understanding this here is there's so many sources saying the same thing and they're all happening now in 2018 
and it's gaining a wider audience. And people are understanding that law of attraction isn't just thinking positive. That there, you know, that there's so much more to it. Joshua had once said that, um, you know, Abraham, uh, Steve had asked, you know, had said like, it feels like Abraham is kindergarten and Joshua's graduate school. And then Joshua said, well, Abraham's the first week of kindergarten and we're the second week. Right. Yeah. Which shows you how much more there is to learn. That's right. In the law of attraction. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, good. So when you're channeling, what does it feel like to you? It feels, well, it's different. When I'm writing and when I'm speaking, it's two different things. So the writing started initially in the beginning. And then I did a, started a podcast, the roundtable, which you are on now, but started back in, I don't know, 2014 or so. And Jules Johnson was the is the president of the Live Attraction Radio Network. And so she had a Live Attraction cruise and invited me on the cruise. And there was a you know bunch of people there. And um, um, one of the things that Jules does is she's a hypnotist. Mm-hmm. And she comes to me and says, I'm going to bring Joshua through in speaking. And that never even occurred to me. I, I, was, I just thought that that typing was how it was. So in typing, when I'm typing, I'm just um, getting a stream of thought and yes. translating that into English words. Yes. Right? So the thoughts really aren't English. They could be, if I was Russian, they'd be in Russian words, right? Mm-hmm. It's the thought. And, I, and since I know English, I translate it into English. So it's very... Um, smooth, easy going. And if a phone rings, I can just stop, pick up the phone, talk, as soon as I'm up, to go right down to this in the middle of the same sentence and keep yeah. going. Um, in speaking, it's much more of a focus. I have to be a little bit more focused. But, you know, in the beginning of, of this, I meditated before I wrote. I had to do it in the morning. I had to have no music on and be in my office and lock the doors and nobody could come in and say anything. And now I can play music. I can do it any time of day. People can be in the room. It doesn't matter. Right. In speaking, I set it up like I spent all day doing Joshua. I meditate in the morning. I meditate right before doing Joshua live. And then I'm, then I bring them in. I calm myself. So I don't have to do that doing typing. Typing, I just start. But hmm. in speaking, I have to spend a few minutes or moments calming myself and quieting my mind and bringing them in. Consciously and setting my intentions, and then they come in and then they get rolling. And it's a little disconcerting because I have, I mean, usually in front of a crowd, right? So I have no idea what they're going to say. And it's almost like going on stage without anything prepared, without memorizing your lines and everything. So it's a little weird. And but it always comes, there's never been a problem, and it's always brilliant stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, well, I would attest to that. And so, and you're aware of everything that's going on. Yeah, like if, if a fire alarm went off, I would know it, you know, and yeah. that sort of thing. But I, I don't really remember a lot of it, so I have to listen back to it and stuff, too. I'll, I'll get little yeah. key points, you know. You don't remember. Yeah. So it's almost, like, yeah. <clears throat> it's almost like you're in a trance while it's happening? No, it's sort of like I'm in a, in a focus, in a deep in, focus. In a deep, uh-huh, like right. a meditative like, state. I'm like shutting out the unnecessary stuff of my mind. Right. And just allowing this one, like, you know, if you're just sitting there and if you are watching a speaker, you might look over at the woman over here or 
look at the clock or look at your phone, you know. In this case, I am completely focused on this stream of conscience coming through. Mm -hmm. And I don't allow outside, but, you know, sometimes people come and go. I just block that out. It doesn't care. You know, I don't care anymore. If if something seems to be going wrong, I don't care, you know, right. um, and, and stuff right. goes on and it just, I just keep, keep focus, keep focus, keep focus. In the beginning, I would lose my focus and have to come and try and come back, right. you know, Okay. but I think that's why if you, if you listen to Joshua live, it's quick, a lot of, it's fast talking Yeah. and it's unlike how I'm talking now, you know, there's not, there's no real gaps, right? It's, it's coming out, and the only gap is me trying to figure out the right word for that thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And so, and then actually, for everyone listening, we're gonna we're gonna call on Joshua later on, right? Which is one thing I've never done before, right? So I've never been in, in a conversation like this, and then just brought Joshua in, and okay. so I was like a little leery to do it, but you know, might as well try. Right. Let's try it. Okay. Cool. Before. Um, and so. But back to the when you said when you're writing, you just you don't have to do anything. So, but you, do you set an intention? You set yeah. an intention. I I just like uh, is if I'm writing a book, right? Then I just read the last couple paragraphs of what was written before, and then just go right in, right? And just the words just come, and then I'll just write three pages, fully fully thought out paragraphs chapter headings, whatever it happens to be. If it starts a new chapter, the, the chapter title will be there. If I'm answering a question, I'll read the question, and it'll just come. Dear, it always starts, dear, whoever it is, and then it'll start. The first sentence will come, and from then it's just room all the way through. Okay. So Like okay. now we're, yeah, we're doing the secret series. Right. So we take a quote from the secret. They have, if you get that secret app, you get a quote every day. So we're taking a quote and we're seeing what Joshua has to say about the quote. Do they agree with it? Do they disagree? Do they have anything to add to it? Same thing. Read that quote and then the first sentence comes and it goes until it's done. Okay. So if I sent you an email and I asked you a question, Gary, what do you think about this? And you wanted to reply to me. What's the difference between you replying and Joshua replying if you don't create some kind of an intention to say, okay, Joshua, you know, you come in now or how does that work? Okay. So if you're addressing it to me, I'll give you my opinion, <laughs> right? And, and my opinion is based on what I know now, what I believe now. And of course, a lot of that's influenced by the, by Joshua's teachings, right? Right. But it's from my perspective, right? Which is wrong a lot of the time. <laughs> not wrong, wrong, but like not what right. Joshua would say. Okay. If you send a question to Joshua, which people do every day, I will just read the question to Joshua and say and and uh, put it in this you know in the in my Word program and um, put it in this format that I have. And maybe that part is doing the intention, but I'm just, but then I just listen to what Joshua is saying uh. and just. Start typing, right? Yeah. 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 That's, that's it's awesome. super obvious. I know when Josh was talking when I'm thinking, you know. Yeah. It's super obvious. It's super obvious. And I have conversations with Joshua all the time. Yeah. I mean, that's why I don't really, you know, in the beginning I tried asking my own questions, but as I'm even formulating the question, I have the answer, you know. Yeah. 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 Well, okay. So I'm going to talk a little bit about how I found you guys. So I um, actually some of my clients told me that there's like the, a new law of attraction channel or it's really, really good. 
And so I went to the website and I, and I liked the information. And then eventually I checked out the podcast, the roundtable podcast. And that's when I really, really liked you guys because it was real shit. Like you guys yeah. were just real. You're a normal guy. It's not the woo-woo guru. I'm a little above normal. You are, you, you know, you're, you're exceptional in that respect. Right. You're an amazing. <laughs> but, but as far as like the new age woo-woo stuff. Right. You're a normal guy. And I don't. Well, you know, yeah. Yeah. It's cool that we get to, <clears throat> we have one, we have two podcasts. So one is Joshua just doing Joshua's thing and is Joshua life. Right. But the roundtables that we're doing is so much more fun because. You know, we take our perspectives on it, and that, uh, and people get to follow our lives too, which is interesting. Yeah, and so you get to see where you know how we're using the information and how we're being playful and silly and having fun and not being too serious because really, you know, this this isn't that serious of a life, right? You know, we have right. a higher perspective of what things are how things are going on now, and so. You know, we can share that perspective with people and have fun with it. Yeah, and then and and then we you know we give we talk about our interpretation, and then we'll read Joshua's answer to a question or the secret right. series or something like that. So it's really yeah. good. Yeah. And so when I first heard you guys, and then Kyla and Wendy, I just really was attracted to how you guys were doing it. It was real. You were swearing. There were <laughs> there was. There was no formality to it, yeah. um, so much so that let's see, I think I I think I emailed you one day and I asked, um, well you you had Steve on there, yeah, and then Steve left, and I emailed you and I said, hey, if you're ever looking for some male energy, I'd love to be on the show to try it, yeah, right. and that's what that's what really Joshua's teachings are, right? Is that um, we are guided by inspiration. We are right. guided by our inner self, by our guides and supporters. We call them our millions. Right. Um, we are guided by the stream of consciousness. And when you are excited by something, you will get this inspiration. So the inspiration for you was this, you know, jot off of an email and just, you know, you had no expectations of what would happen. Right. Um, and then, and then I realized that that was inspiration right away mm-hmm. because, you know, here you are, just out of the blue, coming forward to uh, offer this, you know, and yeah. I'm and I like absolutely, let's do it, right? Which must have surprised you. It totally surprised me, and you know, let me back up because I, I I left out the part where I was doing a book club on the Joshua books, you know. Yeah. So we had four or five people in this book club, and every week we would discuss, you know, we would discuss the we would read. Um, I think we'd read two chapters and then we we would discuss it. Uh, and Donna, who's who's part of that, she came on your show and she's been she was telling me you should be on the roundtable, you should try it. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, um, I just wasn't inspired at that point. I wasn't inspired yeah. until I emailed you yeah. that email. So, like yeah. I'm saying, I waited for right. the inspiration. And that inspiration comes when it comes and it's the right timing. But what? We do when we receive the inspiration. So often, is saying is is we receive fear at the same time. Totally. So anytime you have inspiration, you also will always have fear. Yeah. 
even if it's like you have inspired to have lunch, the fear is, ah, what if it takes too long? What if it's not good? Blah, blah, blah. All these things, right? right. Tiny little fears. Well, the inspiration to send an email, what if he rejects me? What if he never answers? Right. All this stuff, right? But you push through the fear. You know, you didn't let the fear stop you. And that's all fear does is it's limiting and it stops you from doing these things that you are inspired to do. Right. And at that point, I guess, I guess if, you're really, if you're truly inspired, there's less fear than if you're pushing through and you're kind of forcing, a, uh, forcing yourself to do something. Right. You know, well, see, right. true inspiration is to do something that may not be in the path of what you think you want. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And so often when you're trying to manifest what you think you want, you make yourself do stuff right. that you think you should be doing. Right. If you, and, and what we're learning now is that if we just let go of all these things we think we want and just trust that all the things we truly want, the things we intended prior to birth, will manifest so much more elegantly and beautifully if we just act on inspiration rather than, you know, succumb to motivation, for instance. Motivation, what I should do, what I, you know, I'm trying to make things happen. Right. But like you said, I was totally surprised that you answered right away and said, sure, what are you doing next Tuesday or whatever it was? Yeah. And now you've been on, what, 50, how many episodes have you done? I don't know. A lot. It's been a while, yeah. yeah. And I was totally nervous. Together. Yeah, I never did anything like that, so I pushed definitely pushed through fear for that, too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, uh, imagine the comfort level or how uncomfortable it was the first podcast and how super comfortable it is now, totally. you know. It's this moving from one vibrational level to another vibrational level of so much so that you, when you were inspired to start your own podcast – Boom, it was easy. It was a no-brainer, right? But but yeah. say two years ago, the idea of having your own podcast would have been too scary, ridiculous. You would have shot it down. Yeah. So you had to go through all this, all these steps to get where you are now. Right. And you yeah. know, I, I had I had been thinking about doing my own podcast, but it I I know now I don't try to force things. I wait till they feel right and I'm inspired. And and that's how this one started. Like, okay, the perfect timing, and I started it now. It's still not all easy, and I still have I still go through my fears and things like that. But it's natural. I don't feel like I'm forcing anything, and I'm having yeah. fun. I am having fun with it. Yeah, like this is awesome. It, yeah, this is fun. I mean, and, and and how you know it's fun is when time just flies by, right? You know, when we are up in an you know we do our podcast for an hour, and that hour goes by. That's the quickest hour of my week, I think. Right. You know, yeah. the time. We start and ten seconds later, it's over. I know, it's, and it's an hour podcast. Yeah, it it's just so that's how fun. you know when you're doing something that's, that you're that you're ready to do. That's you know for your highest good. That is that is perfectly aligned with who you truly are. Yeah, you know, you're not forcing anything. Right. Yep. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to get back to some of my questions here. So, um, do you ask Joshua questions and advice? Well. Yeah, I mean, we, we more have conversations. Okay. Right? <laughs> How does that and so a lot of times I'm being silly, uh-huh. you know, and um, and then, you know, but then I get these really cool insights into things. Uh-huh. Like one insight was, just the other day, is that the human experience, 
from the non-physical perspective is super brief and it is it it is more of a dream it's like our dreams when we go back to non-physical that's real reality this is just a mm-hmm. trip this is a trip like a dmt trip or like a uh, ayahuasca trip you know okay. so you uh, do DMT in 10 minutes. You have 10 minutes of, of being in this other realm that seems super real. Well, this realm seems super real now. And so whether we do this trip, we can do, we can do hundreds of millions of trips. You know, we're never, we're never ending doing physical lives. So, um, it doesn't matter really how long we live. We could, you know, live a year five years, 10 years, 100 years. From our perspective, it's good to live long. But from the non-physical perspective, the length of time doesn't matter at all because time isn't judged that way. You know, there is no judgment. And there is no death. There's no death. I mean, this is like, you know, going to Disneyland and when you're ready to leave Disneyland, no one's crying that you're leaving Disneyland, right? Mm -hmm. Because you can come back the next day or any time you want. Right. Yeah. Very good. So you do so you do ask questions or advice. Like what is it like? Like I don't ask advice anymore. You don't you know? ask advice. No, because they don't give you advice. Right? <laughs> That's not yeah. what they do. They they show you another perspective. Right? Right. And so you might say they do they give me guidance. But okay. I know Yeah, and it comes in a thought, so I know the thought right away, you know. I see. But it's not like Go down here, turn left, turn right. But that's what inspiration is, too. Yeah. You and I had this experience when we were in St. Thomas. Right. And so that day, the group of us said, we're just going to be guided by inspiration. And so we just kept our eyes out for inspiration. And we were inspired to get this one bus. that we, All of us were in there by ourselves, right? And it was great. And then we let the bus take us wherever they took us, downtown. And then we got off and we walked to find a bathroom, then we walked and found this little kiosk, and then we found this cool hotel, and then the lady told us to go on this boat to St. John's, and she said her friend owns this restaurant, and we found the restaurant, just happened to have one table available, fitting all seven of us, right. and then we found this little tuk-tuk thing to drive us around the island, we just went where we want, and the whole day was magical. It was perfect, right. you know, and we are just guided by inspiration. And so that's what I'm focused on now is is not making these plans and just being guided by inspiration. So I was I was inspired to look for a house in North Carolina, a big house where we could all, you know, people could come and go and and we could have fun there. That's all the inspiration was. Just look for a house. So I got you know I'm a realtor and I got online and I looked all over the South and I looked at all these big houses and how cool the old. I really like old houses, so looked at these old houses and then then took a road trip and saw like 20 of them. And before I even took that road trip, I found this house that I ended up buying that just popped on the market and I bought it sight unseen. And then things just snowball and, and they just work out, you know. Right. Before, in my old life, I was, you know, having goals and right. the goal was really to make as much money as possible, you know, and uh, having a big business. And a lot of it was ego gratification. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a big shot because I got a big business and I got a nice car and I got a nice house. And I got a nice wife. I got all this stuff. Right? right. And so I was in that 
lane that so many people find themselves in. Sure. Just trying to attain um, stuff that makes you look good. Right. You know, that's all I was trying to do. So so we call this, the Joshua calls it the new approach, right? The new approach to life yeah. is, is not trying to plan things. Don't try to make things happen. Well, it's one word. Don't control. Don't control. Don't right. control things. And, right. and learn... And learn to trust that. Learn to trust the unknown. Learn, yeah. learn to be okay with. So just that in it of itself is a practice. It's something that doesn't come easy to a lot of us. Didn't come easy to me. I'm still working on it all the time. And just like you, I, I see how things, they seem magic, magically happen. Right. As The more we actually let go, the more how, how brilliant your life can be. Because right. now it's not orchestrated by you where you think how you think things should happen and trying to make things happen but there's there's this i would say your inner self or the universe is is uh creating circumstances with you and for you right that you could have never done on your own never done you just don't have enough information right your perspective is this individual speck of dust you know looking out to the universe you right. just don't know what is. You're like a little ant. You right. don't have enough information. Right. But you are guided. You're never alone here. You you always have guidance, and that guidance comes in the form of inspiration. However, the caveat is that that really only happens when you're feeling good. Right. Like in this conversation now, we're feeling good, and so the words flow pretty easily because we're receiving the guidance, and things are you know, ideas are coming to us, and we're having fun, and we're bantering back and forth. But if we were in fear which is worry or depression or doubt or um, even boredom, right? Right. Then we receive urges to change the conditions. Right. You know, like if you're hungry and you receive, you know, the urge to have a taco or an ice cream or whatever, you receive that urge. Well, you didn't manufacture that. That came from outside you. I mean, we're learning now that the gut biome is sending you signals, sending you these cravings for certain foods, right? Because it's easier to digest sugar, for instance. Mm-hmm. If you're a smoker, you get the urge to have a cigarette. Right. These are coming from outside. They're not being manufactured inside you. Mm-hmm. Well, if you're feeling good, if you're above that emotional horizon line, you receive inspiration right. that will move you towards where you truly want to be. Now, there's a big difference between where you think you want to be and where you truly want to be. And that's the key difference between, I think, Joshua and a lot of other Law of Attraction stuff, is that in Law of Attraction, you're told that you think about what you want and you can manifest it. Now, that's absolutely true, but it's not elegant. If you think about what you want, a lot of times you're thinking about stuff, you know, to make you feel secure, right, or to make you feel loved, right. or to make you you make you happy, you know. Mm-hmm. And we know that all that stuff, all that lack of love, lack of security, lack of uh, abundance, is all self-imposed limitation. Right. So we want to get rid of that self-imposed limitation. And so what we're doing now in the new approach to life is understanding that we, when we have negative emotion, it's signaling that we have a limiting belief to work on. And that limiting belief limits us from living the life we want, life we came here to live, right? And so instead of changing conditions, like telling your spouse to be different than they are 
or telling your boss or wishing your boss would get fired so that you'd have a different boss or quitting your job because you hate your job. Instead of trying to control those conditions, you control the beliefs that say that your boss isn't good or your spouse should be different or whatever that is. Because the only way you could think anything should be different is because you have a limiting belief. Mm -hmm. And how you know you have a limiting belief is when those people do something that causes you to feel fear. Right. Right. You can get in an argument with your wife right now by saying something that will cause her to feel fear. And what she comes back with will be an urge to control you. You know, if you say, listen, um, me and the guys are going to go to Vegas for two weeks and um, I'm going to enter this, uh, you know, poker tournament <laughs> for $100,000. Right? Okay. <laughs> They're going to say something about that, you know, and that's going to be based in fear. Right. Okay. Had they had no limiting belief, you know, I don't care if he goes. I hope he has a good time. We're totally abundant. It doesn't matter if he wins or loses. <laughs> it's all great. Right. So those are the limiting beliefs that we all have. And there's an infinite, um, infinite, like an onion where you peel away the layers. Of the, that goes on forever. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, I like to. So the idea is to, to feel good, to feel right. good. And then you will get that, you know, the, the, the inspiration and how I like to say the, or- the universe orchestrates events on your behalf. So oh, yeah. I also like to say that it's like the, for- the, the, the universe has the forest for the trees view. So, let's, right. so imagine the universe up above. And I think I want to go somewhere. I think I want to go somewhere. And I think the fastest, best way, and I know that this is to go a straight line. This is the best way to go here, the fastest way. Go a straight line. Well, where the universe can see, well, no, if you go straight, there's a road that's blocked. So you're going to have to yeah. make a left turn here and then make a right turn here and then make a left. And so yeah. actually when we try to, to be in control of our lives, right. um, we're not utilizing the, the information from the universe that has that, that perspective, that higher perspective. Yeah. Well, if you think of control – the reason that you want to control something is because you you want things to be different than they are. Right. And the only reason you would ever want something to be different than it is is because you think that you'd feel better if it was different. Right. Right? So you're sort of taking the easy way out of it. Mm-hmm. But the whole point is that you feel better first, and then your reality matches how you feel. And right. so you feel better because – and this was the thing that I never heard anywhere else except from Joshua was that this reality, all we're doing is feeling, you know, we're feeling something now. It doesn't matter. Nothing else matters, right? We're either feeling good or we're feeling bad. If we're feeling good, then all we're saying is I accept what's happening now. Yeah. And if we're feeling bad, all we're saying is I have some fear about what's happening now or what's happening in the future or what's happened in the past. Right. Right. And so, so if all you do is set your life up so you feel good, then that's reward in itself because you're feeling good more of the time rather than feeling bad. But it just turns out that in feeling good, you become a cooperative component to the universe to bring you everything you want. Right. To help you feel good more often. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, and I also like, I've heard people talk about how, you know, people say, well, what are you going to do? You're just going to lie around and feel good. You're not going to do anything. Like, there's, there's people, there's proponents of action, right? right? 
And people tend to think when we talk like this that we're not talking about action. And actually, I feel we're just talking about a priority. Like the action isn't the priority. It doesn't come first. The feeling good comes first. Right. Actually, the feeling good is is first. It's the most important and it's the first thing. And then you will you will get inspiration to to act. So it's not like you're sitting around not doing anything. You're just you're just feeling good first. I like to think of it that which way. You, which will have to start out by saying that the most important thing you can do is meditate because the meditation allows you to gain some control over your thoughts. Right. To realize when you're having a joyful thought compared to when you're having a resistant thought or a fearful thought. Right. Yeah. That's great. So you, So what I do is I meditate – I spend a great deal of time, and I, I use – Joshua created this workbook, this playbook, where you can write in what you appreciate, what your intentions are, what you're grateful for, that thing every single day of your life. I loved it. Yeah. And so this gets you in this vibration of appreciation, gratitude, uh, setting your intentions, um, feeling good, quieting your mind because you meditate every day. Also – how you eat too. Um, you're thinking more about what you're eating and when you're eating and how you're eating. Uh, and this is a little bit off topic, but the Joshua diet is saying you'll be inspired to eat the way that's most beneficial to your body. Right. If you can get to this level of feeling good first, right? Right. So, so, Joshua, so there's no, there's no diet. Like the Joshua diet, right. there's, it's, it's a, it's a way of thinking. It's a, a state of mind. Yeah, because there is because we're all unique, right? And so everyone's body and what they like is all unique to them. And so uh, for me, I was guided to um, more of a ketogenic diet, uh, also intermittent fasting. So for me, I I don't ha- I used to eat breakfast and it would be I make myself star I'd be starving by lunch, you know, because right. the breakfast would tend to be. It was protein shakes with with the frozen banana, and that sugar in that banana would uh, burn so quickly that my gut biome would crave more sugar, and I would just be starving for lunch. And then I eat these big lunches, and you know, and then so I start stop eating lunch. I mean, stop eating breakfast, and then I was never hungry at lunch. So a lot of times I skip lunch, yeah. and I just eat whatever I want. You know, I love to cook, so I eat whatever I want for dinner, uh, and then. It works, worked really good for me. Now we're working right. on the house, and and uh, so the guys like me to buy them lunch, and so it's always total crap, but yeah. it's fun. You know, we're having fun. Fried chicken, that's great. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, I'll have to get back on it. But the point yeah. was, for, not everyone, like, most people couldn't do what I do, but I feel full of energy this way. And I was guided to this specific diet through a podcast and and uh, articles and stuff like that and talked about it. Yeah. And, and it works great for me. Yeah. So it works for you. And uh, but, and you lost a lot of weight. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel great and I look right. good and, you know, you, you can well, see more on video. You can see how good I'm You're gorgeous, I have to look say. These, look at these arms. I see them. Look at that. Wow. Yeah. I, I So, yeah, the gun show is in the full effect show, right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, you know, I, I have a few more questions, but I, I guess we can, what we can do is pull in Joshua if you want. And then at the end, we can, you know, we can go to the, the finishing up, like how people can find out more and, and what do you, where do you see this going? How, how does that sound? You want to, 
Ready to do okay, that? Let's do that now, and then after Joshua, we'll find out what happens. But but if you want more information, just go to theteachingsofjoshua.com. And if you want to listen to the podcast, just go to Podbeam, Podbean, right? Yeah. And or Stitcher or iTunes or whatever. One is Joshua Live, or just search me, Gary Temple Bodley. Yeah. If you just Google me, you'll find everything. Anyway. Gary Temple uh, Bodley. Where this is going, I don't care. I don't really care. I'm, I'm inspired to do certain things. And so I'm inspired to be on the Law of Attraction Radio Network. Uh, I'm inspired to create this house where people can come and stay for a week and, and you know, see, you know, how it is to live the Joshua lifestyle. And um, I'm inspired to do cruises occasionally. I'm inspired to do uh, seminars. I'm, I love doing the podcast, you know. Uh, I don't know where the money's coming from at this point. I don't care it'll come when it comes i'm not i have zero doubt that it'll come when it needs to come it's it always seems to come when it needs to come so i'm just gonna keep it going like it is and do what i'm inspired to do okay so yeah. okay so you might not want to answer this or have an answer to this but do you so do you see yourself doing like workshops and events um in north carolina or do you see yourself traveling and doing what like how, how abraham does or do you do, do you not even like to think about it yeah, I don't really want to think about it too much. Okay. So, so there's, I mean, I think it's cool that Abraham can go to a city, you know, every a different city every week and have 500 people come. And but yeah, there's a lot of logistics to that. You know, you have a lot of travel and a lot of, um, you know, stuff like that. Also, I'm super social, so I like hanging out with people. You know, I don't like coming from a backstage and then going backstage. You know, after the, after it's <laughs> over. Yeah. You know, I like mingling, um, right. so I don't know what's going to go on. Yeah, okay. there's the new books coming out, and there's also a really cool novel coming out too. Okay, so that's where it's going for now. We'll see what happens a year from now. Yeah. All right, and and the last thing, what about the one-on-one program? Do you want to talk about that? Yeah. So the one-on-one program was where people would would write in three or four questions a week for a six-month period. Yeah. Usually about 100 questions. And they pay $600 a month. They had to meditate, meditate every day. Um, they, ha- they couldn't make any major changes during that time period. Uh, and that was it. And that was a lot of fun. We did, a whole bunch of people did that. But it was really time-consuming. I was doing 10 people at one time. So you're thinking about you know 30 to 40 to 50 questions a week. Right. So it didn't give me a lot of time to do other questions from other people or write the books you know, or travel. Mm-hmm. Um, so I stopped that and now what I'm doing is is video one-on-ones they're an hour long they're $150 and so you, it has this conversation with Joshua right? And, and some people do one and some people do five you know and it's really cool and then you get to watch it back and listen to it whenever you want that sort of thing okay you and know? then you and to, to- to find out more about that, you go to theteachingsofjoshua.com, right? Yeah, and okay. hit the one-on-one, and it's very complicated. <laughs> it is, it's hard. Is also, it really? But, you know, yeah, it's so complicated. It's so <laughs> so you have to go through the one-on-one, and you have to, you see all the people, and some oh. of the people have their questions there, and and then there's like a little tiny line that says, if you, look, if you want to read about the new one-on-one, you click this yeah. tiny little link there. Yeah, so we'll have to redo that. Uh, but another thing <laughs> that everyone should do is check out the Joshua documentary. So right. on YouTube, 
Google Gary Temple Bodley and you'll see the Joshua documentary. Yeah. And that's a, about an hour long. Uh, it was filmed in Vegas this year. You're in it. You're the star of it. I'm the star. You're, yeah. Uh-huh, you're the star well, of it. And so, then I'm the star and then there's Joshua. So it's me and then Joshua. Yeah, and then you. It's actually Joshua's not, well, Joshua's in it like the recording, uh, you know, the, the, uh, <laughs> workshops, but I'm in it and right. you're in it and a whole bunch of the people are in it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm the star. Okay. <laughs> Very good. Um, oh, and you know, and what about the the Facebook group? That I, I love that group. That just let's talk about that. Just pe- for people, if you want to, if you want to, like, you know, get in more information, search. How do you search the, t- the, uh, uh, the, friends, the friends of Joshua? Of, yeah, friends of Joshua Facebook group. Right. And there's a couple hundred people, and they're all like minded, cool it's people. Fun. Yeah. And we just put up stuff there. You mostly cat stories cat videos cats, sometimes dogs <laughs> most cats and dogs and sometimes quotes <laughs> and sometimes now the, but the uh, quotes have to be about cats or do we sometimes allow- yeah no so mostly about cats <laughs> mostly about cats right <laughs> cat quotes cat videos yeah there's a lot of cat ladies who are interested in that, in that <laughs> that's right <laughs> oh Lord. just kidding is that a lot of, i mean some of the coolest people, I really love this group. I mean, yeah. we get together and do these cruises, and it's like we've known each other our whole lives. It's, it's just amazing. So freaking fun. Yeah. Yeah. And you would say I'm the star of that the, the Facebook group, too? Would you say well, that? Well, when you want a cruise, everyone wants to talk to you. Do you feel like a superstar when you're on the, um, the Joshua Cruise? I feel like a superstar, yeah. Everyone yeah. wants to talk to me, yeah. No, yeah, they no, went for autograph. They wanted to tap them. <laughs> no, it's super fun, man. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's totally easygoing. No weird stuff. I don't know. It's just fun, and it's uh, and people do. It's it's very low key and easygoing, isn't it? Well, it's a party. Yeah, it is. It's basically a party. It's an excuse for us to get together. Yeah, exactly. Okay. All right. What do you think? All right, let's see if this works. I'm not, no guarantees. Okay. That's what happens. No, it'll work. I'm just kidding. It always works. We are thrilled to be here. <laughs> it worked. <laughs> it always works. There's never a time it doesn't work. You know, that's an interesting thing to think, right? If I, as a human, know that I'm guided from non-physical and know that I have an inner self and millions of guides and supporters who are guiding me through every step, my inner self is aware of every thought I think. How could I feel alone? Will my inner self always be there? And we say, just notice your emotions. Your emotions are your guidance system. And so if you feel positive emotion, you know for sure that your inner self is aware of what you're thinking. And your inner self agrees with your perspective in this moment. Right. If you feel negative emotion, you know for sure that your inner self is paying attention to that thought. And in this moment of negative emotion, your inner self is telling you that your perspective 
is not the reality that your inner self sees, that you are being triggered by some condition in your reality that brings through fear because it activates the limiting belief. And so this is your guidance system. It's always on. We are always here. Your inner self is always here. Your millions of guidance supporters are always with you. You can ask a question at any time. You can communicate with this stream of consciousness at any time. It's available to all. And if you choose it, it's there for you. Yes. All right. So now how if, if I was interested in, in channeling or being in more connection with my inner self, what, what do you suggest I do? Well, we suggest that there's two things you can do. One is to meditate okay. every day, 10 to 15 minutes a day, preferably in the morning, and gain some control over the stream of thought that comes to you. Now, you might think that you manufacture thoughts in your brain, that that's what the brain does. Well, the brain is more like a receiver and a transmitter, and you receive thoughts and you transmit thoughts. And those thoughts are brought forth through your vibration. And you can tell how you're vibrating, what you're emitting, based on the flow of thoughts that are coming to you. And so if the flow of thoughts are generally positive, well, then you have a generally high vibrational stance. And if the flow of thoughts is generally negative or generally fearful, worrisome, doubtful, then you understand that you're vibrating that negative end of the spectrum and that you create your reality through what you are vibrating. And so you so that stream of thoughts is part and parcel of your vibration. You receive thought, and then you emit thought. You receive uh, a perception of your reality. And through your beliefs and feelings and, and thoughts about yourself and the world and who you think you are within the universe and your place on Earth, you create this, this vibrational force that goes out into the universe and brings back a mirror to exactly what you are vibrating so that you can see your vibration. Doesn't that make sense? This reality is nothing more than a mirror. If you like your reality, then your vibrating, your vibration is perfectly in alignment with who you are and what you truly want. And if there's some aspect of your reality that you don't like, then you have to go through a process of, of it taking inventory inventory on the belief set, uh, the opinions that you have about this, what you think is right or wrong about it, how you perceive yourself in concert with it, you see. The other thing you can do, other than meditating, is to see if you understand what is really happening in your reality. For instance, from our perspective, from the perspective of non-physical, there's no fear, there's no judgment, there's no wrong anywhere in the universe. If there is no wrong, then we will say everything is right. Now, you might have a little bit of an argument against everything is right, because you may say this is right and that's wrong. Well, that is a dualistic approach to life, where you say that Some things are wrong, some things are right, based on my personal judgment. I judge this is right and this is wrong. 
And the things you judge as right happen to agree with the beliefs that you hold. And the things you judge as wrong happen to agree with the beliefs you hold. Yet those beliefs are the very things that's creating your vibration and that is limiting you in certain key areas of your life. And so we say, take a look at the beliefs. And those beliefs will let you know what you're vibrating. And if you can be a little bit more malleable, soften the intensity of those beliefs, you can't get rid of any belief, but you can soften its intensity by proving to yourself that the belief is not true, by finding evidence that it's not true. Well, then you just change your vibration. It's now a new vibration. And in response to that new vibration, you have a new reality. And now we will also say, that the reality doesn't change overnight, that you wouldn't want it to change overnight, that there is another law of continuity that lets you say that this moment is similar to the last moment and this day is similar to the last day. But over a course of days and weeks and months and years, you will see a shift in your vibration and a shift in your overall sense of beingness, of feeling better, of seeing yourself from a higher perspective, of seeing others from a higher perspective. Yes. Okay. All right. So to sum that up, you would say meditating and then take a look at your beliefs and process them. Process them. Exactly. Right. So what is the, what is the process of processing a belief? Is the belief beneficial? Is it empowering? Is it in alignment with who I truly am? And as you know, who you truly are is a magnificent and limitless being of pure positive love and acceptance. Who you're being is something different than that, a limited version of that. So does a belief conform or align with who you truly are, this pure positive being of love and acceptance, or is it limited? Does it, does it align with a limited version of you? Does it align with a version of you that might be defined as a victim? Does it bring up a fear? Does it cause you to protect yourself, for instance? Right? Now, once you've adopted a belief, that belief is with you forever. The law of attraction states that when you attract something, it is with you forever. However, it doesn't mean it has to be limiting. It could be empowering. And that is determined by how you look at that belief and how you how you choose to process it. If, if the belief is limiting, if it doesn't serve you, then you can reduce the intensity of that belief by finding evidence to prove it's false. All limiting beliefs are false. Every single limiting belief that you've ever held is a false belief. Every beneficial belief you've ever held is a true belief. So you can ratchet up the intensity of beneficial beliefs and you can modulate or reduce the frequency or the intensity of limiting beliefs. You do that by finding proof that the limiting belief is false. Uh, takes hard work to make money. Right. That's not true. Money can be generated easily. Money can be generated through a passion. It could be fun to make money. There's a lot of people who've made tons of money with, with what you would call no work at all. That's right. right? Yeah. You know that money is simply a mindset, that, it's, that it is a flow of energy. Yet, 
If you have the belief that it takes hard work to make money, then the only way that you can attract money is through hard work. And that's a limiting belief because how hard can you work and who wants to work hard anyway? Right. Right. Yeah. And, you know, going back to what you said earlier, you can also determine if it's a limiting belief through your emotions. Does it feel good when I think it? You know, and, and if it does, then can you say it's a beneficial belief? And if it doesn't, can you say it's a limiting belief? Well, sometimes a limiting belief can feel can feel good to you. Okay. Rich people are evil. That feels good because you're not evil. Right. Right? And so you say, I'm not rich, therefore I'm not evil. Right. That feels good to me. But it doesn't serve you. Right. And it isn't aligned with love. Mm-hmm. And it isn't true. Right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So if you had one main message for our listeners, what would that be? What's your main message message if you have one? We would offer that there is more going on here than you can imagine and that you are an eternal being and that this life is but a blink and that when you transition to the non-physical, when you choose that day, you will see from a higher perspective what your life was like and that you will see all the fears and limitations that you that they kept you from living the life you intended to live, right? Mm-hmm. And had you been able to see yourself from a higher perspective, you would have pushed through those fears. The fears would not have limited you. And so we say to live a less limited life is to be able to process fear more and to see yourself from a higher perspective. So we'll say that you're perfect as you are now, there's no room for improvement. You might expand through experience, but as you are in this moment, you're as perfect as you were the day you were born. The, the, the way to move through any fear and doubt is to see yourself from a higher perspective. Seeing yourself as eternal, seeing yourself as a being of love, seeing yourself as entitled and worthy of limitless potential, believing that the universe is working on your behalf and bringing you everything you need when you need it. And that any limitation you have is self-imposed and can be dialed down. And you can create the life that you choose right now. Now, you may have come into this reality purposely setting up a trajectory that had a few hurdles in it. But once you've come to this point and you're listening to this message right now, you're in a place where you can move forward. And none of those things in the past have any any bearing on where you're going now. So you are absolutely the creator of your reality, whether you believe you are or not. You are not a victim whatsoever, even though sometimes you act like one. There's no need for any of the irrational fear that you contemplate and focus on. And that you can now start thinking about how to feel good, how to live a life that feels good, and Leave alone the things that that you think you want in favor of the things you truly want. You came here to express your love, experience freedom and joy, and expand in joy in the process of that experience. And if you let go of the control of how you think your life should be, of what others think you should be doing, and just go with the flow of what is actually happening that you will move into a life that feels better for you. And since this is a feeling reality, and the only thing that 
ever matters is how you feel. Feeling good is the most important thing or the most valuable thing that you could focus on. Awesome. Very good. Okay. I will have to go back and listen to that again um, just to reinforce it. So there are people in the United States that are worried about our government and maybe worried about Trump or whatnot. Um, What would you say to them? The more you worry, the more you intensify the things you're worried about. Okay. Okay. And you so, can live a wonderful life no matter who's in charge because they have no ability to create your reality. Uh, do you care about the leadership of Peru? No. Because you know that the leader of Peru has very little ability to create your reality. But you perceive possibly that the president or the mayor or the governor or the school superintendent has some ability to create your reality. That's simply not true. The more you fight against this, this perceived control or perceived uh, ability to create your reality, you make it larger. And you make it so that there is some impact because – your reality has to reflect what you believe, right? So if you believe that the Trump, that the president can create your reality and you fear that, then that has to come true for you in some form, in some form that possibly doesn't really even matter to you, right? right? You might perceive that that now there is a war on immigration and that immigration is a terrible thing and fight against this idea that people should be kept out of the country or thrown out of the country if they came here illegally. And you might think, you know, that is a terrible thing. And then you might hire someone to work in your yard and realize that you can't find anyone. (laughs) Right. Because that's just happening in your reality. It happens because it matches the vibration you're offering. Now, if you detach yourself from it, just like you're detached from the leader of Peru, do you know who that is? No. (laughs) Then you're not focused on it, and it can't affect you. It can't pop up in your reality because there is no – it wouldn't make sense, Right. Right. How you create your reality has to make sense to you. So if you're fighting against something, then logically, that thing you're fighting against has to pop up in reality. And as a mass consciousness, you create this. Fear creates it. Fear brings it forth. Fear does it. But in in actual reality, there is nothing that can affect you unless you're focused negatively on it. So just let it go. It's no big deal. Let it go. It'll all be over in a short while. <laughs> And the pendulum will swing the other way. And the desires that are created out of this will move the vibration of the populace of this country in another direction. Yeah. And good always comes out of these things. Positive is a very strong power that will always come out of these things that are perceived as negative. Right. Awesome. Okay. And so also in the U.S., like we, there's a lot more school shootings and there's racial tensions and there's, you know, the awareness of women's rights or lack of them and equal pay and things like that. <clears throat> How would you say that this is a good thing or, or what would you say as far as someone who's worried about these things? 
Would we ever say that anything's a bad thing? No, you wouldn't. So everything has to be a good thing. Right. If there is no wrong, if there is no bad, then what's left is good and right. Right. And it is your responsibility to find out what is good and what is right about anything you, you think of. Right. So you think, you think, for instance, that a mass shooting is a tragedy. Right. Now, on the same day of the mass shooting, far more people died of cigarette smoke or lung cancer or car accidents or heart attacks. They're just not grouped together. So from your perception, it seems like this mass shooting is a tragedy. Right. But from another perspective, the perspective of the longer, higher view, that these people came, chose to come together for this event, and it was a perfect vibrational match to everyone who participated. Is there a purpose to it? Well, what do you think about that? Do you think that there was any benefit to this? That if you could see the benefit to a mass shooting, what could it be? You know, I, you know, I, I think more as far as a mass shooting, I haven't given out a lot of thought, but I think more about the benefits of, let's say, Trump and let's say the, the government. And I, and I see how what I, I see how things are bring brought up to the surface. And I, I always relate it to um, a person like our government and our country is going through what a person can go through where a person is in, let's say, a certain amount of denial in their life and they're not thinking about feeling good and they're not living the new approach. And so they're kind of trying to control circumstances and maybe they're not connected with their inner self. And then what happens when, when that happens to a person, things start to bubble up to the surface, you're, you know, and you might get an ailment. So what you're saying yeah. is the manifestation of the government is the product of the fear of the people. Well, I, 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 say, that the, I say that it's a good thing because for us to get to where we want to be in the, in the United States, I think we need to deal with some of these things that are per- percolating up to, to the to the surface so that we can deal with them. And I think well, certainly I, that's yeah. true. But if you look at the government that you have now, right. Those that elected the current president right. were in fear right. for whatever reason, the country was going in the wrong direction. The economy wasn't doing good. The, their, their personal economy wasn't doing it. Uh, that the, the, the recession of 2007 was the, the caused by, fat cats in Wall Street, and now we need to clean the swamp. And so they decided that the way to reduce their personal fear was to change the conditions. And if the conditions changed, then they could feel better. Rather than saying, I will process my own fear based on my own limiting beliefs and allow things to be as they are. And so they made a change, and the change was not... The, did not reduce the fear. In fact, it increased the fear. And that tends to happen when you act on fear. Right. But the benefit of all this is that people are exposed to this idea that the presidency really isn't as powerful as they once thought, that right. there isn't anything bad that can happen, that things are going to go along the way they are, that there's the government is made out of millions of, of well-meaning people who make sure things move along in a direction that is generally positive. Right. And if you look back from 1900 and that government, 
and how people lived in 1900 to 1930 to 1950 to 1970 to 1990 to 2010. You can see the vast improvement in the quality of life right. of people in this country, regardless of the government, regardless of anything that was going on. It's not the government that really has any control, nor does anything else. It's the individual that chooses the life that they want to live. Right. And so, so in a mass shooting, what comes out of that is love for these people, this place. Sometimes it's a, sometimes it's a class of people. Sometimes it's a location, like the Boston Marathon. Sometimes it's people becoming neighborly again. Right after nine eleven, New York. New Yorkers were friendlier than they'd ever been. <laughs> that firefighters That's and a police officers were held in very high regard all over the country, right? Not just in New York. And people were inspired to certain careers and to certain idea ideas based on it. And right. so, and also, people were in fear too, and people acted on fear as well. But generally, these things bring forth more love and more positivity and more. Yeah benefit uh and more awareness of of issues right yeah and i see that now i see that we're talking about things lots of we're having lots of discussions it's almost like we're being woken up in some ways and it could be rocky now but you talk a lot about perspective like time like right now it might feel chaotic it feels fearful, right? right? And the fear is based on limiting belief. Right. So the number one limiting belief you have is that you should not die, nor should anyone die, right? Based on your survival instinct. Right. But all you're doing is leaving Disneyland. All you're doing is returning home when you want to, right? But from your perspective, you see a lion chasing down an impala and – and, even, and you feel bad for the Apollo in Paula because you don't want to be in those shoes because you're putting yourself mentally in the place of the Impala. But the Impala came to be food. The Impala is ready to return to non-physical. The Impala lived a wonderful life. And the death experience is not painful and goes very quickly. And the, the, the essence of the Impala leaves far before the actual death anyway. Hmm. Okay. All right. So I have... Just one last question so far. If someone out there wants to make more money or attract a relationship or lose weight or anything similar to that, what would you tell them? Don't resist the conditions that exist, exist now. Okay. Okay. And then ask yourself why you want these things. And realize that you want these things. Because you feel lack, lack of security, lack of love, lack of health, whatever it is. The reason you feel lack of is generally tied to your feelings of worthiness. The more worthy you feel, the more you will believe and have faith that you will meet the right person, that the money will flow in, that the health will always be there. The more unworthy you feel, the more insecure you feel, the more unloved you feel. See, many people want a mate to validate their existence. It, they feel that if someone loves me, then I am good. 
because no one loves me, I am bad. I don't like feeling bad. Feeling bad feels bad, so I want to feel good. The way to feel good is to get someone to love me. And then that might work for a week, and then the person says something that causes them fear, and so now they say, how come you don't love me anymore? You know, if you love me, you do this. If you love me, you would say this. If you love me, you wouldn't say that. That sort of thing. So they try and control the other person in that relationship. Okay. The reason they want money is to feel worthy or to feel secure. You are already worthy and you couldn't be more secure. So these are, these are, these are things you think you want that you do not truly want. You came here to express your love, not to be loved. You do not need love. You don't need to be validated. You don't need to prove yourself to anyone. You do not need other people to think highly of you. You can't control any of that anyway. What you need to do is to explore reality as you tended prior to your birth, enjoy, and express your love. And when we say express your love, we say express your acceptance of all of it, all the people and all the things and all the conditions. When you are accepting someone as they are without wanting them to change, you are expressing love. When you are focused on something that you're passionate about, you're expressing love. If you see everything is going well, you're expressing love. Because expressing love means expressing acceptance. If you feel good, you're aligned with your inner self. And your focus on your life is in love. If you feel bad, you are out of alignment with the opinion of your inner self. And you are expressing fear. And so all there is is love and fear. So you're either feeling good and expressing love or feeling bad and expressing fear. And in feeling good and expressing love, you are connected to source energy and inspiration and, and intelligence. And in feeling fear, you are connected to a stream of consciousness designed to send you urges so that you can change the conditions. Does that make sense? If you have a line in your living room, you will receive fear-based ideas to change the conditions. Kill the lion or get out of that room. Those are your two choices in that moment, right? Those will come through fear. That keeps you alive. That's a perfect balance of the system. But since there isn't, if there's not a lion in your living room, there's nothing to fear. If you're not gonna, if you're not facing imminent death or harm, then there's nothing to fear. All those other fears are irrational. They're not real. And you can prove they're not real every time. Mm. Okay. So let's say I have a, um, a mortgage payment that I'm, that I'm, you know, low on. Well, let, let me go back to what you said. So you Let's said, say you have a mortgage payment that's coming due and you can't imagine how it's going right. to come. Th- and so now your mind goes through all the worst things that could happen. I'm going to be late. My spouse is going to feel fear and be angry and say things to me. I'm going to look bad to her and to my community. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get... Uh, a foreclosure notice. I'm going to get too far behind. I'm going to have to pay extra fees. I'm going to have to do all, I, mean, I might be kicked down the street. I might be homeless. All these things, right? Right. The worst things that could happen. So we say that 
anything that happens to you is happening for you. So if you get into a situation where you lose your house, that experience is for your benefit. You may not consciously be aware of that. But from a higher perspective, whether that's the perspective of the non-physical or many years later, you will see how that experience led to the new life you created in the in the ashes of that life. And so, therefore, there's no reason to fear anything. Because when you drop that fear, all of a sudden, you feel good, and now you have inspiration. And that might be the inspiration to talk to somebody about a loan, to talk to somebody about an extra job, to play the lottery, to... Uh, you know, here over here, a conversation that you might have a life insurance policy that you didn't know about, all these other ideas. You see, you're never alone. And so you can worry on that, but you might, all of you listening to this might think back in times in your life where you worried and everything turned out okay. Everything worked out. There was no reason to worry. So all of that useless worry was doing nothing other than dropping you into a low emotional state of being. And in that low emotional state of being, you receive urges to change the conditions. You receive urges to say, this bank is corrupt, that they should never have given me this loan anyway, that, that I, I shouldn't even pay this loan, that we should just leave this house and go somewhere else. See, these urges are like getting angry and having the urge to punch the wall. It's, you can do it, but your fist is going to hurt later on. <laughs> right. Okay. So... So the last, back to um, if I want to make more money or attract a relationship or lose weight. You said. Why do you want to make more money? You said first, um, don't resist the circumstances. Don't resist your conditions. Conditions. And then you right. said, ask yourself why. Ask yourself why. The most important question. Ask yourself why. And then what? Try to feel as good as you can in the moment? Well, why do you want more money? After, I'm, and then after, okay, so why do I want We're more money? I'm asking you, why do you want more money? If you had a million dollars, could you do anything with that money right now? Right no. in this moment? You're in this conversation with us, so there's nothing you could spend it on. We don't charge anything. But so as, soon no. as, as soon as we get off, I can book a trip to Vegas. And and then the play might crash. Right? <laughs> so who knows, right? Right. So why do you want the money? You want the money to feel secure or feel important or feel right. worthy. Security is the right. big thing. Right, right. So give up that. You don't need security. You are taking care of in every moment of your life through the emotions you feel. So, And I can feel secure. Give up the tying the money to the security because I can feel secure without the money. Or give up tying the money to the worthiness. The money doesn't make you worthy. The things don't make you worthy. The the status doesn't make you worthy. You're already worthy. So if you're doing it for those reasons, then you're just trying to make yourself feel a way that the universe will never make you feel. If you feel unworthy, no amount of money will ever make you feel worthy. If you feel insecure, no amount of money will ever make you feel secure. You will feel more more insecure with a lot of money because you'll always be thinking about, am I spending this right? Am I going to lose it? It's going to be taken away from me. Okay. All right. So I'm inspired to ask one more question, and that is, um, let's say someone out there, let's say they have a job, and let's say they're not happy in their job. And they want to find their purpose. What do you think is a good approach to eventually leaving their job and doing something that they enjoy doing and love doing? 
Their purpose is to expand in joy through experience. Okay. The job provides the perfect opportunity for that, as does every condition. So if you are expanding in through experience, you are fulfilling your life's purpose. Now, if you want to live in bliss through the pursuit of a passion, that's a different story. And you do not need to leave that job to find your passion. So if you're using the excuse of your job as the reason you're not living your passion, then that is simply an excuse. What you are looking at here is a condition that you've created that's perfect for you and is the leaping off point for everything you truly want. The resistance of what it is is the thing that's keeping you stuck in something you don't like. So we say you must figure out a way to accept the conditions as perfect and then create a vibrational stance that causes the reality to shift from inside. So you've created something, a job that you don't like, from a belief system that says you have to work hard, you have to have this job, you'll never survive if you don't have a job, you're never going to find another job if, if this job, this job sucks, this job isn't what you should be doing, you're far superior to this job, all these limiting beliefs, those are all limiting beliefs that are all not true. This job is perfect right now. This job can lead anywhere you want. There is no reason to leave this job. The only reason you would ever want to leave the job is to change the conditions. But the problem is you're going to bring yourself with you to the next job. <laughs> right. So you need to change the vibration because the vibration is the thing that's bringing, bringing up the conditions that you, do, that you do not prefer. However, you have to make peace with what is. You have to make peace. You cannot blame the conditions for anything. You have pure unadulterated responsibility for everything that exists in your reality, and 99.9% of it is wonderful. But you're using this thing as an excuse to feel bad. You're using this thing as an excuse to feel good, which is great, because we say feel good, feel good, feel good. It's just an excuse to feel good, right? Right. You can use, you're just using this job as an excuse to feel bad. This person at the job as an excuse. Get good at accepting what is through appreciation and gratitude. And you will see that you will be, this job will turn into something you love. The job will transform. You might get a promotion. You might get a transfer. You might get an offer from somewhere else. You might come in to meet somebody and, and, and start a business from them. And, but the fighting against what is, is prohibiting you from finding that which you would truly enjoy. And it's all based on your limiting beliefs. Every right. one of it. Because the resistance might make you feel like you need to control and change the conditions. Because the resistance is the lower emotional state of being. The acceptance is the love. The resistance is the fear. If it's something you don't like, you're resisting the message that's in this thing you don't like. Once you accept that this is a message and accept the message of it by looking inward on your belief system, Mm -hmm. then... You change the beliefs, and then the reality changes. But you can never control the reality because if you feel, if you have these beliefs and don't change the beliefs, you're going to create a reality that looks just the same, even if the location and the type of work and whatever it is different. You're going to feel the same about it. It's a feeling reality, right? It might not look the same, but how it feels to you will feel the same. Yeah, because wherever you go, you take you with you. Right. Well, Joshua, thank you. This is this was so enjoyable 
and informative. And um, for people out there that hasn't heard about you, now they know a little bit about what you're talking about and what you uh, what you're trying to share with people. And if yeah, if you have made it to this podcast and are listening to this now, whether it's current time or sometime in the future, you are a vibrational match to this information. Nothing is random. There are no accidents. This is all part of the vibration you're offering and all part of the feedback mechanism. And with that, we are complete. All right. Ta-da! Wow, that, what'd you think? Yeah, I'm a little hoarse. That's a lot of energy. Oh, yeah? You know. Oh my God! Yeah, it was a little, it was a little more, uh, you know, like normally I do. I meditate. I get myself in, and this oh, was yeah. like on the fly. Right. So I had a little bit of trouble staying uh, focused. Oh, you know? really? It's a, that was a you know, even though there's a lot of good information there, it was it was not as smooth as it usually is. You know, it sounded good to yeah. me. It sounded smooth. yeah. See, it's my perspective too. Right. You know, I I tend to be judgmental a little bit about it about my role in this. So Joshua is. This stream of consciousness, consciousness that comes through me, but the way I the way I interpret it is has a lot to do with my personality, and so Joshua is the combination, the co-creation of us two. Like Abraham would be the stream, the stream of consciousness going through Esther, right? So what comes out is a different flavor. You know, what I'm interested in more is more specifics, and what Esther is interested in more is you know fun and feeling good and more generalities. Yeah, and what I like about the Joshua is that you know usually it comes out super fast and super clear. Right. And today I felt a little bit of uh, gaps in there, oh. which aren't usually there. Yeah, I didn't notice it. Yeah, maybe maybe you don't notice it. And when I listen back to these things, you know, like I never listen to a roundtable. I've never listened to one, but I've listened to all the Joshuas because it's like not me. So I'm not critical of me. Right. And I always, I always am amazed and, you know, look back at it and just go, you know, because when I listen to myself in a roundtable, I don't like my voice. I don't like, you know, some of the things I say. Right. And somehow in Joshua, it's the same voice. I think maybe it's a little uh, better enunciation than, than my normal lisping and slurring. Huh. But yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah. That's really interesting. So um, I had beer today too. Oh, really? Which is which I've never done before. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I don't think it affected it at all. Yeah. But so I'm like getting like a little bit easier at this. Like it's almost like writing where I can just do it because they came super quick. Right. I mean, it was like giddiness. That's how I know yeah. uh, when I breathe and bring them in and set my attention and stuff and say, come on, everyone, let's get together and let's make this, you know, uh, really full of information and fun and all that. And then I say, so when I, when you make me get ready to giggle, that's how I know when it comes through. And so that came super quick. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. Really? Oh. Yeah. Well, so, so for people who can't see this or just listening, you know, the beer, like it, it was really funny when, Joshua got up on the table and started dancing around, and I think that's the beer caused that, right? No, that did not happen. So we're going to have to make sure that everyone gets a video recording of this. <laughs> All right, I made that up. That didn't happen. Joshua did not get up on the table and start dancing around. That didn't. No, happen. I made that up. Have you ever done that? Have you ever gotten up up on a bar, on a bar. and danced? I don't think so. I've had friends who've done it. Yeah, but I have never done it. Yeah, yeah. So, but, so was that now? Was this the first time that you? Um, channel Joshua without meditating before? 
Well, I meditated this morning, but yeah. Um, like right before? Or? Yeah, it's the first time that I've done it live without meditating right before. And it's the first time I've been in the middle of a conversation, you know, yeah. and then jumped into it. But, uh, you know, I realized that as more people want interviews and things like that, they're going to want to see both sides of it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Very I was cool. trying to figure out how to do this. I said, I was like, let's just do two podcasts where the first one's me and the second one's all Joshua. Yeah. But this worked out great. It was fun. We rolled with it. It's also interesting what they choose to talk about to an audience that isn't really exposed to the stuff, you know. It's still pretty leading-edge stuff. It really is. It went went really good, I think. And um, exactly, like for people who are just, yeah, a lot of my audience, they haven't, they're they're not familiar with this stuff, and they're not, maybe it's their first time listening to Joshua. So I think it's a great introduction. You're going to get a lot of people interested in live attraction. Right. Because... Because that's in your title, and it's, and it's how people will find you. And you, what you're doing is bringing forth tapping and law of attraction. That's it. But also Joshua, really, into this. And that's what that's what sets you apart from, from anyone else in this, is that you understand both sides of it. You understand right. the higher perspective and what your role in tapping is. So yeah. it's pretty interesting. It is. And yeah, and so I get a lot. A lot of my audience is also... Um, tappers, faster EFT. Yeah. Uh, so they who have uh-huh. never heard of Joshua and you know, yeah, not familiar. So you know what's interesting too is, so Joshua obviously Joshua Abraham everyone you're the creator of your reality and no one can create in your reality right. And so you think about you as a tapper. What are you really doing? You're just helping them see things from another perspective. And once they see themselves from another perspective, then their world has to change. Yeah, you know, I... I working yeah. beliefs. Right. Well, that, yeah, exactly. That's how I think of it. I think of the tapping is one of the best ways in the world to process your fears and, yeah. and process yeah. your limiting beliefs. Yeah, right. And not only that, but also change maybe, change the past of, change the story of memories um, that could have been traumatic or things that just create patterns in our life. Tapping. You know what's interesting about yeah. a traumatic memory, too, is, is if you think something bad happened, right? Right. Well, it's from a perspective that you think it should not have happened. Right. And, and if you see the higher perspective of things where you're an eternal being, you set this up so that you could be launched on a trajectory, so that you could learn something about yourself from right. this and be, you know, create desires out of this. Like for me, it was losing everything in the in the financial collapse of 2007, right. where I thought for a long time that should never happen. I should have done things differently. You know, I was uh, it been real estate my whole life. I should have seen this coming. Right. I, I was blindsided. I had no clue. And now looking back, I go, how could you have not have clue? Obviously, right. it was going to be coming. You know, so. Um, so now I changed my perspective on that well, because that's what we do. Yeah, had that never happened, I'd never be doing this. And my life now is a gazillion times. I mean, I had a great life then. This life is so much better. Yeah, yeah. I was chasing the carrot the whole time. Right. Well, that's exactly what we do. We will go. Well, we will go back to a memory that might be a traumatic um, memory or experience, and we change. We we we're tapping out the resistance to that what happened. We're tapping out the emotion, the negative emotions. We're tapping out any anger, and we're making peace with what happened. Yeah, and we're changing your perspective of it. Right, so, yeah. and, and so 
So they're changing their set of beliefs and their vibration from a tapping session. And so the tapping session is actually allows them a vehicle to change their vibration exactly. so that now the reality they create, and not, the, not right away, but after a period of time, uh, is, and you see the results all the time. Now, those people who don't change are just holding on to those limiting beliefs. Right. That's all they're doing. Yeah. 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 Well, this is really cool. This is, yeah. it's a lot of firsts, so that's pretty exciting. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Well, I, I enjoyed my time with you immensely, and yeah, I can't wait until I talk to you again Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can't believe I missed, I, I may not be able to do this Saturday too, which is yeah. funny. So this is the move in weekend. Yeah. <laughs> well, who's moving in? You're moving in this weekend? Yeah. We have to move in because this place is, what you oh. see around me, it's been sold. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So we got a lot of stuff going on, but I, I, you know, I won't be able to do Josh live, but we'll, we'll see each other somehow. We I look will. forward. Yeah. All right. Well, and thanks then, for doing this, Gary. Are you coming to North Carolina? I'm definitely coming. I'm just, you know, we're, we're, we're waiting to figure it out, like when and where, but I'm definitely coming. Oh, well, November might be good and the leaves are falling and that's beautiful there. So. All right. Well, November's coming up soon. Yeah. Yeah. November 15th was when Joshua started in 2013, five years. November, so five years. Wow. Five years from then to now. It's unbelievable what's so, happened. So it might be interesting to do a November, be, be there during November 15th maybe or something? Yeah, that'd be very cool. Do a podcast. All right. All well, right, Gary. It's been great. Yes, thank you so much for doing this, and um, we will talk to you soon. All right. Bye, everyone. Bye. See ya. Bye. Thanks for joining us on the Tap It Out podcast with Mark Shahada. We hope you enjoyed it. Catch you next time.